Hey guys, welcome back to A Bite of D&D, the podcast that adds flavor to your games and campaign. My name is Zach, and across the internet is my co-host, Micah. Hey guys. And today, we're going to dive back into the Monster Manual, page 192. We're going to be talking about the Invisible Stalker. Now, I don't know how you feel about the Invisible Stalker, Micah, but this is kind of something that I probably passed over in the Monster Manual every single time I've looked through the manual. <laughs> like, it, it hasn't ever interested me, so I thought it'd be a good thing to talk about and see if we could find some interesting lore on it. Yeah, I, I agree. I have run one before, but not because I paid attention to it. It was in one of the modules I ran at Winter Fantasy it existed in. So, I've run it, but not in kind of the way that I feel like it is intended to be used. It mm-hmm. was just a mm-hmm. creature that existed. Yeah, I mean, I think right out the gate, the thing that I wasn't prepared for, for some reason I always thought the Invisible Stalker was some sort of spirit or undead, and it's not. It's an air elemental. Yeah. Which right out the gate makes it more handy for certain things, like summon elementals, a spell, and it gives it a different context, and then there's more more to that later, but... But right out the gate, after I actually like sat down and read the stat block, I'm like, oh, okay, this is different than what I expected it to be. Yeah, I, when I just looked at the artwork of it, I assumed it was some sort of spirit, like you mentioned, almost like an undead sort of thing. And it is kind of an air elemental that has been pulled against its will from the plane of air and then twisted by the intent of the magic into the form that you see. Yeah, it's almost like it's frustrated. Like it's it's it starts out as a neutral creature, but it's been pulled into the material plane so many times that at this point it's just not happy to be here and ready to get back as soon as possible, however possible. Well, and similar to how many people run wishes from like genie sort of things, is that it will follow the letter of its command, but try to screw with the summoner in any loophole it can it can find so they're they're kind of a fickle creature both against the party and against the one that summoned it but it's not the necessarily in the invisibility or the fact that they are indeed an elemental that makes these guys interesting they possess a relatively unique trait in that they are the they are jack sparrow's compass Mm-hmm. Uh, of the D and D world, yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. It's and, a it's a neat feature buried within a stat block. Like it's not right. It's it's not really faultless tracker. the The stalker is given a quarry by its summoner. The stalker knows the direction and distance to its quarry as long as the two of them are on the same plane of existence. The stalker also knows the location of its summoner. So it may not be rules as intended. But rules is written, you don't necessarily need to know if the thing you're looking for exists or have ever seen it before. You simply need to say, find me this thing, find me this person. Mm -hmm. And if it exists, it knows where it's at. And it can speak primordial. Yes. It understands common, does not speak that. So be prepared to be a bit of a linguist to maybe utilize something like this. And again, it's against maybe the intent of the stat block, but if there were such a thing as the Fountain of Youth, 
why not just say, go find the Fountain of Youth and, you know, kind of follow it <laughs> to that location. You don't have to wait, have a way to uh, track your tracker. So that's that's off the deep end. That's a little bit of the... Uh, that's a bit nonsensical. Obviously, Invisible Stalker, this thing is meant to be kind of a spy, an assassin, a recoverer of stolen property, maybe. And one thing that is clever that they... Uh, I say clever. I mean, I, I assume that they, they thought of it in this way. But Conjure Elemental, for the player's perspective, Conjure Elemental which is the higher level, fifth level spell, only allows you to summon a elemental of CR5 or lower. So yes. there's not a spell in the player's handbook that would allow a player to summon one of these. I would I would believe that was intended because, again, if you take the spirit of the game out and you go by the uh, written law here, like I said, it's Jack Sparrow's compass. You tell it what your heart desires and it... We'll find a way. I guess I am. I'm just. I, this this is actually an interesting thought process for me. I, I like this idea that we're looking at. But you could cast gate. You can speak. You cast gate. So you could use a ninth level spell to to make this happen. Because gate opens a portal to another dimension or to another plane, and it, you speak the name of a creature that is then forced to come through. So you could speak the name of an air elemental, for, uh, an invisible stalker, force it to come through, and then know the whereabouts. But if you're casting a ninth level spell, why not just cast Wish and know exactly where well, what you're wanting? Well, I'm sure bards don't have access to gate. I was like, well, maybe you're the superior caster and you're a bard, but I'm sure they <laughs> they don't know gate either. Yeah, probably not. Uh, I don't have uh, their spell list in front of me, but that seems much much more like a wizard thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Bards definitely don't have a uh, uh, gate. They only have like four ninth level spells. But anyhow, that's really the thing that I like the most from these guys. I've got a couple other things to note, but I like, like you said, this Jack Sparrow's compass sort of uh, ability from them is something that's interesting, not just from the player's perspective, but from the DM's perspective. It's just a neat way for an opposing wizard NPC to be able to track the party or different different well, elements. And it's a way for to maybe introduce a new villain so maybe you've been out adventuring for a while you've gained some notoriety and someone wants to they've heard of you but they don't know they've never seen you uh and they tell this thing to track you down maybe Mm -hmm. try to to make some claim on it or maybe you've recently uncovered an artifact that they want and Mm -hmm. uh you now have an invisible creature stalking you down for that thing and it's mm-hmm. much harder to guard against a thief you don't see coming that's right and it's an intelligent creature it's got an intelligence of 10 so it's not like it's going to go and immediately attack the party if it's trying to steal an item it can be cunning about it and and wait till you're asleep or whatever and it's invisible and it, it i mean going through the stat block a little bit more here but the stalker is invisible and i think you read somewhere that that invisibility of the stalker is more than just a, a magical invisibility. Yeah, and it's in the flavor text, so obviously you you run this however you want to run it. But in the flavor text for it, it says, Unseen threat, invisible stalkers are composed of air, naturally invisible. If you have a way of seeing invisibility, 
Uh, you only see a vague outline of the creature. So in my mind, you're still attacking at disadvantage even if, you've, if you have sea invisibility. You're trying to see the wind. Wind is... And paint it. Right. Like, yeah, with all the colors. Yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm rambling here. But to me, it, it's like trying to say that you need your glasses on to yeah, see. Exactly. It's the same thing as saying, well, if I put on my glasses, I can see the air better. Um, yeah. It, it's, there's nothing to see. It's not like it's a person that has made themselves invisible. It is air manifest. Yeah. It's not, uh, there is, if you, if you read elsewhere, I don't think this is in the book, but, but just reading lore on them, they are one of the few air elementals that when summoned aren't tempestuous or they're not, they're not like a whirlwind. They're not like this, this gale that comes roaring in. It's silent and it's calm. And that's what makes them such perfect assassins or, or uh, trackers is is that yeah, there's nothing to be seen, whereas most elementals, even the air ones, even though they're made of wind, made of air, they're the, the activity, the swirling nature adds visibility to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I would other, also note that, I mean, these things have standard damage resistances and immunities based on being an elemental. They have a high amount of hit points like being an elemental. The fact that they're invisible, though, means that they actually effectively have twice as many hit points for a lot of creatures, for a lot of combatants. In this, in the sense that they're only going to get hit half as many times. With disadvantage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not quite the same, but it's just keeping in mind that 104 hit points is going to mean more for these creatures than it might mean for others. Now, in some ways, to balance that out, while these guys do have a fly speed, that is a hover speed, not a true fly unless i'm just reading this wrong and this has hover so that they can't be knocked out of the air that's, in which that's case exactly what that's is. probably yeah. what it is that i realized as i was saying it so you know what never mind don't listen to me <laughs> turn off our podcast go do something and listen to people less dumb i think the thing that helps balance it out is that i mean it has a multi-attack it can do two slams but they're only doing 2d6 plus three each so yeah, it's, it's not probably- a heavy hitter at all yeah I mean, the whole point of this thing is to, I mean, again, it's an assassin. It's probably going to get, I know surprise rounds don't exist, but it, it's probably going to get a surprise round. Nobody knows it's there. So nobody's going to react to it. So it basically gets two free attacks, four free attacks since it's multi-attack, which is at that point, probably enough to potentially get someone down. Yeah. Maybe a wizard, maybe not mm-hmm. your fighter or a barbarian, but yeah. You know something. That's right. What else do we? What else are we thinking about this creature? What? <clears throat> I, I mean, it's it's it. It's not a complex creature. Um, I'll, I'll tell you if you're all right with it. You know, as as we're thinking about maybe how to implement these into your games if we're ready to move there. I like these at the beginning, like you said, as like an assassin and getting that that surprise attack or whatever. I also like them at the end of an adventure like an epilogue fight if the i'm thinking about like um white plume mountain or another sort of thing where the party is meant to go steal some items from a powerful being right Mm -hmm. so they go in and they steal the items and if in an adventure they are escaping with those items and they think they have made it safely away i like the idea that this is like an epilogue where they make camp five miles down the road and they're post guards and they do everything and you have one last encounter as they have to fight off the one or two invisible stalkers that the pissed off mage 
uh, Sind tracking them to get his items back. Well, and the the best part is, I mean, typically the person on watch isn't on watch in the middle of the camp. So you've got your group of buddies sleeping there in the middle. Person on watch doesn't see an invisible thing come swirling through. There may not even be a fight. You think you get off scot-free and then you uh, wake up, none of you see anything on watch, and everything is gone. Yeah, and this that would be my warning label for this monster, if there's a warning label, is this is a monster to make your party angry. You can have fun with this monster. You can also abuse this monster well, because... Yes, sorry. Finish your <laughs> we'll thought. Just, we'll just, you know, let's use keep White Plume Mountain as an example. If your party walks out of there is heading back to deliver the three artifacts, Black Razor, Whelm, and, and Wave, and is halfway to the camp, and then all of a sudden their items aren't there, and you're like, oh, wonder how they disappeared. Your party's not going to be happy with you. Yeah, what I was about to say is if you intend on using this, you need to kind of hint towards it. So maybe yeah. not quite high enough to realize what's going on because they have a stealth of plus 10. Like, they are very hard to detect. But maybe the the wind shifts unnaturally in the night while yeah. you're on watch. Like, hint give at something, something. Like, give some clues as to build up of what could be coming just because something that is permanently invisible flies all that other has a has a hover speed like i mean yeah that's there's not a lot of ways for a level six a group of people at level six which is now maybe they're detect they're dealing with these at a higher level which you can certainly do but they're the cr6 so they could potentially be running into these around that level there's not a lot of ways for them to detect something like that or to no. deal with something like or, that or contain it yeah. if it came down to that if it steals their items and is getting away because obviously black razor isn't going to be invisible just because the invisible stalker took it it's going to be floating across the camp so to speak and at which point a high level party can say uh-uh and hold something or contain something or keep it at bay but a level five party especially one that's been been fighting things earlier that day may not have any spells at their disposal to keep this well, thing maybe completely. you have like a caster and they happen to have fly and they happen to still have a spell slot free you can't cast that on multiple people until you can cast it up cast it at a higher level yeah. so you've got maybe one person who can fly after this thing like if it's being used as a plot hook or something that's fine. I wouldn't take away anything extraordinary. For, I mean, this goes back to kind of our discussion on magic items. When you accidentally give someone something that's way too powerful and you're trying to think of ways to, like, contain it. I mean, you could yeah. use an invisible stalker to deal with something like that. They go after it when they deal with the mage, the stalker that took it. They have their item back. But you, you want to be careful with how you utilize these in a way that doesn't just feel like you taking stuff away from the party if it's meant yeah, to be a fight it's meant to be a fight but if they're just there to take things typically players don't take well to you just taking things away from them especially, especially fun magic items especially if they don't really feel like they ever had a chance to keep it right and especially with an invisible thing like this because it's got a stupid high stealth and it's invisible and so you know, we fought an invisible creature in one of our last adventures, uh, ran by our friend Catherine, 
And I think you said something in the fight with the invisible creature. Um, I don't remember your exact words, but we could all, we all realized how frustrating it is to fight against something that you can't see. Yes. Uh, a lot of spells and a lot of abilities go out the window or very They specifically say target something you can see, like target a creature you can see. Yeah. Which just because you know a creature is there, it doesn't mean you can see it. So a lot of abilities and spells and stuff just don't work. Hold person, well, or charm monster in this case, since I had that prep. I couldn't see it. So I couldn't really charm it. And there by the end, Ego just didn't care. He wanted it to burn. Yeah. So those are just the warnings that I would say is that there's a lot of like cautionary tales, but I think you did it. You said it right. Some good foreshadows, some good flavor text, some good descriptors around this creature to clue the party in to like the parameters of what this fight is going to be. Because I like to, I, I say this probably too often in my campaign at this point, but I say, look, this is a game. This is a game at its heart. It can be role-playing, it can be all these other things, but at the end of the day, there's mechanics to these fights, there's mechanics to how this is supposed to work, and I want to make sure that we're treating it as such. And so helping them know, like, okay, there's potential here, this is how this is going to work, this is what this creature can do, this is what you see, helps the people understand the rules of the game. So, before we kind of close up, I -hmm. want to revisit the rules of how summoning this creature works, and why we are definitely going to create a uh, Jack Sparrow's compass out of one of these creatures. When a, an invisible stalker is created, it stays at the summoner side until it is given a task to perform. If it doesn't involve hunting down uh, an object or slaying a creature, the magic basically fades and it's free to leave. It doesn't mm-hmm. say it has to be possible for it to complete the task, just that the task has to involve killing someone or finding an object. So all you got to do is find a way to bind it within some sort of box that can detect the, the compass needle it is based on the, the direction its wind currents are trying to go. You tell it to go after something and uh, boom, you have your jack compass. This is now an item in everybody's game. It's uh, Adventures League official. You can. You don't even have to ask your DM. You can just do that. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Watsy approved. It's going to be in the next book because it's a seafaring adventure. Of course, Jack's Compass is going to be in there. There you go. Secret <laughs> to finding anything in the world. If it can't find it, it just means you're on the wrong plane. So hop around a little bit. Once you get a signal, good to go. Uh, this is like a foolproof it. plan. This that is a 100% legal item that now exists in the game. You have my permission. There you go. All right, I think I think that wraps up my thoughts for this uh, creature. Um, any last words? No, I've already said too many words okay. in this episode. Well, guys, uh, appreciate you listening to another episode. Be sure to check us out on Facebook. Uh, chat up with Micah on Twitter. If you're headed to cons, you might hit us up and see if we're going to be headed there as well. We try to frequent several a year. And uh, You say that. Our next one is like in four months I've or got, five months I've, or something. I've like got it. I've got a couple others that that might end up uh, getting to the docket, so we'll see. We'll see. And it never hurts to ask. So, If you know of any good cons that we should be at, feel free to let us know. Yeah, uh, just let us know what they are. 
I have vacation time that I would love to use and get out of the job I'm at. So let me know. We'll get there. Find a way. Life finds a way. Uh, We will see you next week, guys. Take it easy. See you.